Welcome to this week's very special edition of Fintech Insider Insights, recorded live from ZeroCon 2017 from London's Excel. We had a great day, spoke to crazy amounts of people that actually we've probably got too much content to fit into one episode. So this is part one of two. In this episode, we'll bring you the panel I chaired about frictionless finance alongside Niall Cameron from HSBC, Caroline Plum from Fluidly, Colin Goldstein from iWalker, Stuart Roberts from iZettle, and Shahar Balak from Curve. We also have some in-depth interviews with Caroline, Colin, and Shahar to go alongside the panel discussion. Let's jump right in. Okay, we have a panel discussion for you now, uh, boys and girls, hosted by a man who tops the list of fintech influencers. Uh, we're very lucky to have him. He also led a massive digital transformation at Aviva and also at Lloyd's. And uh, he's taken off his suit and put on his hoodie and has started up 11FS. It's a consultancy that helps uh, banks become truly digital. So please welcome to the stage David Breer and the panel. Fantastic. Now that he broke everybody's arms, I, like it's coincidence I was going to do a yoga warm-up, and now I can't, like, weird, right? So, um, But I, I guess um, for, for everybody, does everybody know fintech? Does everybody raise of hands? Fintech, is that a thing for you guys? Yeah? Okay, there's a good, good proportion. That was, that was more than I was expecting, really, which is, which is great. Um, so, so fintech is kind of the intersection between where finance and technology is kind of leading. Increasingly, that, that line is becoming even more blurred. And for us, actually, in terms of what we do, uh, helping organizations really understand what customers' needs are. And all of your, your customers have these needs, too. And meeting them in a way that actually has never been met before. You know, technology is lowering the barriers entry into this market. And actually, on the panel today, Today that we, we've got, we've got so we've got four of the hottest fintechs that are actually sitting within the the marketplace of zero, and like a big bank nobody's ever heard of HSBC. Nobody's ever heard of HSBC, right? Nobody. Okay. So so maybe before we get started, if we do a little bit of an introduction. So Nile, do you want to do you want to start? Yeah, thank you, David. Uh, Nile Cameron, uh, HSBC. I run um, a digital for the corporate and institutional side of the the bank. Uh, Colin Goldstein from iWalker. And I head up our partnerships. Hi, I'm Caroline Plum from Fluidly. Uh, we're in building an intelligent cash flow engine. Hi, Shahal, a founder and CEO of Curve. Uh, we're card connecting all your accounts into one card, which is integrated now with Zero. Yeah, well, I'm Stuart Roberts. I'm executive vice president at iZettle. Uh, previously, uh, don't hold it against me, but director of innovation at Barclays. Fantastic. So I guess before we get started, this is all about frictionless banking. You know, the, the sort of friction that's been in banking with sort of digitization of paper has been going on for, for decades now. You know, we've moved paper into a digital process and not really leveraged all of the new technology that's kind of coming through. So, so I guess, uh, you know, as a, a big part of this, we've got, you know, like say, big, four big fintechs and a, and a big bank. But Niall, you guys are uh, one of the, the key sponsors of this event. What, what's the, the thinking behind that? Because it's a big, big statement to make. I think, um, you know, we've, we've had a good partnership uh, with Zero for, I think, about seven years. And um, we've been working mostly um, on that partnership using paper. So we've been, you know, putting paper back and forth to each other. Um, but recently, you know, we've been taking it to the new digital level um, and, and launching, you know, effectively a new product or the first of probably many new products with them uh, where we can effectively digitally onboard um, and transmit bank information um, to to zero and really to their clients, which are also our clients. 
Mm. And there's been obviously the, the sort of partnerships that have been coming out over the last couple of weeks. These are pretty significant in terms of the service that your customers can get. Yeah, that's right. I think, you know, we, we've partnered with Zero and, and some others. And um, we are, you know, we're working with the cloud uh, accountancy business because we think that's the future. Um, the, the ability to, to get this digital information across in a frictionless way is fantastic for the customers um, it's fantastic for, I think, you as accountants looking after those customers. It's fantastic, actually, for us as well, because we can have a, a much deeper relationship um, with our end clients. So, guys, fr- frictionless finance. This is literally the reason all of you guys exist, right? There's every one of you are kind of meeting a, a need that wasn't necessarily being met in the way. But, Caroline, maybe starting with you, what do you, what do you guys do? Tell, tell everybody a little bit more about the, the service that you offer. Sure. Um, so I mentioned before that what we're building is this intelligent cash flow engine. And what is that? You're probably thinking. Um, well, really, what we're building is a new category. So when you think about how you run your finances today, um, there's no system of intelligence that looks over them. Whereas if, when you have email, you have a spam filter. If you have an IT network, there's an antivirus software protecting it. And so what Floodly is doing is using the data that exists in cloud accounting packages and bank accounts and using that data combined with machine learning, as well as financial modeling, as well as human intelligence, to automatically um, forward predict the future um, based upon those transactions. And then moving from not just what will happen, but well, so what, and then now what? Well, that's, that's really cool. So what are you doing at Xerocon? So Xerocon is a really important channel for us. I mean, for us, um, we're the, probably the newest app on the Xero marketplace, having launched last week. Thank you very much. Uh, and so for us, um, Xerocon is a great opportunity to meet accountants and also um, talk to, to Xero themselves. I mean, we're delighted that Gary Turner said um, that he thinks fluidly it's one of the true disruptors of the fintech industry. So we're really pleased to have that opportunity to work with them. That's some pretty high praise from uh, from uh, the big guy right there. Yes, so that's, we're uh, very pleased. Very good. So uh, how have you found the event so far then? Because like I've been staggered by the turnout there's just it's like thousands amazing. of people it's amazing and not just the event itself but it's the kind of passion uh, and the excitement and the buzz around zero um, so it's really something spectacular so ha- how has the marketplace worked out for you guys obviously if you you've just got in yeah. there now uh, you, you're sort of uh, waiting for for people to kind of start uh, engaging and using the product yeah. has reaction been good it's been great um Actually, we have a little Slack bot uh, that hooks up, and every time we get a new user, it sends us a little ping in the office. And by the time we hooked it up onto the marketplace, we had two sign-ups pretty much straight away, um, so which was wonderful. I think that's really interesting because yeah. it shows the the users of Zero are you know looking for additional capability to really sort of help them, aren't they? And I, I think this isn't this isn't traditional accounting, is it? It's uh, yeah. something very very different to that. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of the user base of Zero, I'm sure, is at that kind of forward-thinking, visionary style. Account accountants that you know have transitioned onto cloud services um, early for their clients and so are you know interested about future technology and the future of business sounds great Chasha, how, how about yourself what, what do curve do um so the problem curve is trying to solve the problem we all aware and feeling in our everyday lives whether we're a regular consumer or a business owner and the world of money is disconnected there's multiple accounts multiple cards credit cards investment facilities we're using savings accounts and um, they're all live in different places and if you look at the business owner the small business owner the micro uh, business the sole trader um, the problem is even amplified because they have more accounts to manage and different cash flow to manage um, and also the team itself uh, so we're on a mission to remove any friction from that by simplifying and unifying your financial space. We've created um, 
a new platform that exists and lives on top of your entire finance. Um, you connect all your accounts and cards into one app, um, and you receive a card from us. And from now on, all your cards and accounts live in that app, and you can use one card to basically pay with any card you have. And we moved away from that also and introduced more services uh, that allows you to earn rewards and see your transaction in one place. If you did a transaction on the wrong card and used your personal card for a business use or vice versa, you can go back in time and change the transaction. And little by little, removing f points of friction uh, from the accounts. And the best example of that is uh, with Zero. Uh, the amount of time and resources we we're spending as an accountant on managing the paper receipts and reconciling the accounts, and the amount of time as a business owner I'm spending on managing the, the paper receipts and pushing the expenses um, is, is very costly. And what we've done removed any friction from that work. So the experience the user has, I pay with Curve and the expense automatically reconciled into zero. And from an accountant perspective, there's only one card our client is using, and everything is automatically reconciled from any bank he uses across Europe into one zero account. I read about the, the partnership. So you've, you've partnered with Zero. This is a, a really, really sort of interesting development. Yes, we just uh, launched yesterday a Zero partnership of Curve. Uh, so Curve started as a card that consolidates all your accounts into one card uh, with the mission to simplify and unify the way you spend, send, see, and save. We started at a special beachhead market that they identified that that beachhead market has a huge problem when it comes to managing the money. They wear two hats, their personal cash flow management of the personal life and their business cash flow management of the business life. And those markets, it's, we call them solopreneurs, it's micro-businesses, sole traders, freelancers. And the main pain point they have is around managing their expenses the, of the business. What exists today is that those freelancers and sole traders and micro-businesses, uh, they are gathering and collating receipts, paper receipts. Uh, sometimes the receipts are getting lost. And once a month, they sit down and file an expense report in an Excel or an expense app manually entering all the transactions and then giving this expense report with all the, the manual receipts to their accountant. And then their accountant wastes a lot of hours basically reconciling and take a picture and uploading those receipts. Now, when we looked at this market, we saw that there's different apps, different services that are trying to solve different parts of that process. Apps like Expensify allows you to manually enter the transaction and take receipt picture, receipt bank in the UK, that's the same. You manually enter a transaction and take a receipt. There's other uh, card solutions like uh, Tide or Monzo or Challenger Banks that what they do is a bank with an API that provide a part of that uh, process, but it's only for one bank. It doesn't help you with all other cards. And one of the problems is that uh, business owners, and especially in the micro-business space, they're having multiple bank cards and credit cards to manage the cash flow of the business. So they cannot use only one card or one bank to manage their business. So looking at the space and the solution exists today and the, the, how big the problem it is, how time-consuming, how much money is being spent on that from the accountants who has an intern who manages the receipts to the business owner receipts three, four hours a week or 10 hours or a full day in a month to manage all the expenses and go to the accountant and expand and reconcile. I, I can relate to that. My desk is like a flurry of receipts. And how many times you lost a receipt and, and lost an expense for that? Yeah, literally all the time. And this is painful because you lose money. Uh, and it's painful for us uh, because it's, it's, we should get the money back, reconcile again. So we looked at the entire process and we asked ourselves, how can we actually remove any friction from this process from start to finish? The process we want to envision is I'm paying for something and forget about it. Everything happens on the back. 
And we worked really hard on making sure it happens. And we looked at different partners uh, and different solutions. And we found out that actually zero in our market in the UK has the biggest foothold in the micro business, sole traders and solopreneurs. And their mission, like ours, is to remove friction. Anything that zero does, introduce machine learning or data gathering to remove friction to their customers, their accountants, and to their customers' clients, which are the end users. So we started a conversation with them on how we can use their existing APIs and some new APIs to allow Curve to basically remove the friction from business expenses, thanks to Curve's ability to access all their accounts through one card. And after two months of work, we basically managed to achieve what we aim for. As a user, you just pay for something, and for some merchants, like taxis, you will not need even to take a receipt because we know it's a taxi. We can immediately push the VAT. And for others, you just take a picture of the receipt and everything is being pushed and reconciled to zero. So all the accountants need to just do is click OK, OK, OK. The receipt is there. The data is reconciled. Because we have access to the bank account and access to zero, it's exactly the same data feed and there are no mistakes. So from a user perspective, you can use all these cards, but now everything is from one card connected to all these accounts and it's been connected to zero through the Curve app. You make a transaction, take a picture for certain merchants and that's it. You forget about it. From the accountant perspective, only one card the user uses all the time and it doesn't need to manage the receipts anymore or reconciliation. Sounds great. It's like there's a whole industry of bookkeepers who are freaking out right now because like you say, it's we've seen sort of digitization of like bits of paper and you know taking a photo of this and da 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 But actually this feels like it moves it away from being the sort of entrepreneur's problem and actually moves it kind of back into the Mac office where actually the, the accountant has a much easier process. So yeah, I can see us using this. Like we need to talk about this one afterwards because uh, I think my team need a bunch of these cards. And also something unique we've done is that we... We allowed team members within the organization to also connect to Zero through the Curve card that they have as a business card and take a receipt and basically also push their expenses directly. So you don't even have to have within the micro business a role that manages the expenses. Everything happens through the Curve Zero integrations. That's great. And obviously, uh, you know, Zero have got, I think it's 250,000 customers in the UK now. You know, this is a, a really big based opportunity that you're, you know, you're fixing a material problem for these people. So True. So in a startup, you know, they tell you there's this and that distribution channels or channels for selling. A good company only needs one good distribution channel. So within the market we are serving right now, which are the business owners, the sole traders, the micro businesses, and we believe that one of the best distribution channels actually to solving a problem for those service provider who has the best relationship with those customers, and in this case, our accountants. And you can find many companies who chose this channel to grow their business. If it's Zero is one of them, Santander is another, Cater Allen, which Santander bought as a bank, also a third one. And by us providing a solution for the ecosystem, a solution for the accountant, only one card, you save time, you save money on, on resources to reconcile. And we are and also we're solving challenge that zero is here to solve, which is removing friction. By doing so, we also solve the problem for the client. And that creates a great distribution channel through that ecosystem. A community of different providers working together, creating a network effect through technology and innovation. So this is what I believe would happen uh, by serving on one specific problem for the accountants, we are then serving automatically a problem for the end user and for zero. Fantastic. Uh, Colin, what, what do you guys do at iWalker? So iWalker is an online lender and we specialize in lending to small businesses. 
and we use data and technology to highly automate the process of assessing them for credit so that we can make super fast decisions so that in practice, a small business can come to our website, apply within minutes or even faster if they link their Xero account and have a decision within hours, if not instantly. And that leaves them to get on with their core day-to-day running uh, their own business. And we work with accountants all across the country to help their clients access uh, fast and flexible credit. And the the things that uh, are causing them friction at the moment um, have been uh, uh, paperwork that's been involved in the past with uh, applications for credit and uh, the uncertainty and time taken with the whole process. So our whole vision is to remove those barriers and offer this uh, uh, access to credit in a, in a frictionless way and specifically targeted at small businesses. It's great because it's like, uh, you know, the whole sort of adage around, you know, really can fintech startups get distribution in terms of the, the big players? And maybe we'll come to that in a second, but uh, I think there's probably a, a good hour we can talk about that in terms of uh, the direction of travel. But how, like, how did you get to, to work for iWalker then? Uh, like uh, having chatted to you before this, you've got a really interesting background. So I've done uh, worked in a few different industries in a, in a few different roles, but there are some common themes through it. So I, I started my career as a strategy consultant, mainly working in retail and consumer goods, uh, and, and then went to at the height of the first inter- internet boom, worked in online gaming at a company called Flutter.com that was uh, one of the earliest betting exchanges, really using the power of the internet c- to connect P2P uh, in, in uh, sports betting, and that eventually got uh, bought by uh, Betfair. But my role there was similar, working with third parties in a commercial way to drive customers to the site. I went on to work in uh, um, outdoor digital and offline media, um, uh, working for a company called Redbus Media, and we worked with supermarkets, retail parks university student unions and my role there was to set up partnerships that gave us the rights to sell advertising in those spaces and so really my role at iwalker is a lot of similarities to those previous roles managing uh, uh, strategic partnerships it's just in an entirely new industry but back to fast growth high-tech startup-y kind of environment yeah well, that, that whole sort of distribution point we were saying about a minute ago, the, the way in which your products are being uh, taken to market now is, is changing quite dramatically. And we've seen this in many, uh, many different organizations, the sort of shift from B2B, uh, B2C distribution into a kind of a B2B model. Um, you know, how, how important are these types of strategic partnerships for you? They're, they're very important. I, I, I certainly wouldn't want to give anyone the impression that we're not doing our own marketing. We absolutely are and building our brand and building our customer base through plenty of direct marketing. But uh, partnerships are a key plank in, in our strategy because uh, really to reach all of the uh, small businesses in the UK and the other markets around the, uh, Europe that we serve, to reach all of them would really cost a a fortune in marketing money and actually finding the right partners where our credit offering enhances their own proposition and letting them uh, uh, essentially surface 
iWalker to their users in a very natural, seamless way is a much more powerful way of getting our, our, our message across and, and, and distributing iWalker. Yeah. Uh, so to give you an example, um, in, in the next few weeks, uh, our partnership with Tide, the mobile-led uh, app for business banking, is going live. And what we're doing is integrating iWalker Credit into their app. So a user of the Tide app won't have to leave the Tide app to get credit from iWalker. One of the options on the, the screen in the app will be to access credit, and Tide are using iWalker's API to package up all the data that they've got on the customer, send it through to us through our API. We're then uh, processing that and making a very fast credit decision in an automated way and feeding that decision back into the app. And they're presenting the outcome of that credit application instantly within their app so that's incredibly uh, powerful compared to say a, a as, as a contrast uh, someone seeing an advert within Tide going off Tidewalker filling out an application form albeit digital and quick and online what we're trying to do with these partnerships is make it frictionless yeah well I, I think that's great you know the the abilities now through APIs the integrated experience you can actually deliver for customers you can get you know, very much to the to where the problem that the customers are actually having, and you know, providing a credit service for SMEs. You know, this is one of the major problems that uh, small medium enterprises are actually having is uh, you know cash flow worries, and actually you know making sure that actually that runway that they've got is uh, is predictable. So uh, you know, making that as simple and easy as possible sounds like a fantastic thing to me. Yeah, I mean, you've touched on a very important point. Pretty much every small business needs credit to fuel their growth and to just to manage uh, cash flow fluctuations. And since the credit crunch, it's particularly small businesses that have found it difficult to access uh, this sort of uh, uh, fast, flexible finance. And the reason they found it difficult is that traditional lenders have almost the same underwriting process for lending a small business £15,000 for three months as they do for lending a business £500,000 for five years. Although they're slowly starting to evolve their processes, they're still light years away from the automated digital approach that iWalker takes that enables them to uh, complete an application within a few minutes online. In essence, iWalker is using data and technology to highly automate uh, the process of assessing a small business for credit, which means that we can uh, have a small business come to our website, sign up within a few minutes, easily linking data sources like their Zero account or other data sources, get approved either instantly or certainly within hours and have the money very, very quickly. That is the sort of flexible, fast access to credit that they need for doing things like investing in stock and taking advantage of short-term uh, growth opportunities uh, and really f fueling the development of their business. Yeah. So how are you finding the, the ZeroCon event so far? It's been, uh, like, I've been amazed at how many people are here. This is a huge event. Yeah, it's huge. Uh, you know, I think there's a good couple of thousand people in the auditorium there, uh, which is uh, incredible considering uh, Gary Turner was saying earlier today that, you know, his first one was a couple of hundred people in a, in, in, in a small room. Uh, for us, this is a very important uh, event, uh, and it's the first time we're, we're actually here. Um, because it's relatively new to us to formally start talking to accountants. Even though from day one of our business we've always had accountants referring clients to us, 
it's relatively recent that we've reached a scale and size that we've been able to build a team dedicated to, to talking to accountants. But as I was saying before about our distribution strategy, if accountants are trusted advisors for small businesses and this, these businesses are coming to their accountants and talking about cash flow fluctuation or needing to find finance, it's important for us that the accountants know about iWalker as a solution. So our aim in coming to these events is to engage accountants, educate them about who we are and what we do, educate them about our product integration with the Zero, and make them understand how easy it is for them to help a client access credit by using things like linking linking a Zero account, and how we're essentially saving them time by eliminating paperwork and having a purely digital process and giving them these fast decisions so that they can help their client. The other thing that's uh, very interesting for our relationship with the accountants that we're talking to here is that we've created a portal for introducers like accountants so that uh, if they want to help a client, they can log on and actually manage the application on their behalf. So a number of the accountants that we're talking to today uh, are very much like that functionality and to be able to uh, get very hands-on with helping their clients. So we're getting a very positive response today. We're preaching to a naturally open audience. They're here because they're using cloud services like Zero. They're interested in what's happening in the ecosystem. And I think we're, we're a natural uh, fit into that discussion for them. Fantastic. Um, Izettle, this is literally what you do, right? For, uh, removing friction from the payment process. Well, that's the benefit. It's not, uh, we spend a lot of time doing other stuff as well. Um, but what we picture is the 25 million small businesses across Europe. There's only 5 million of them that have a point of sale management system or card acceptance. And, you know, that's not right. Uh, and they haven't all started up in the last six months. They've been there for decades. So our job for them is to remove the pain and let them focus on what they need to do, which is to sell. You know, the one way for a business to fail is not to sell enough. So it's all about getting the sales transaction made, getting it paid, recording it, and then doing it again. So our job around friction was to make that process easy from the get-go. So if you apply to take payments, you should find out if you're accepted straight away. You shouldn't have to rifle around and get all your paperwork out and find a copy of your birth certificate and get someone to sign off the fact that you are a real person. <laughs> um, you should have it happen straight away. So we do that in about three or four minutes, depending on how quickly you type. We can validate you to a, a regulatory standard level, get you signed off. Then if you get a card reader, you can take a payment straight after. Products and system details can be loaded into the uh, software that we supply. And then, as well as saving you time as a small business, hopefully we help you guys save a bit of time so that you can do a bit more for your small businesses that work for you. Because the data that we gather when that sales transaction is made can be ported directly into Xero. So do we make your lives any easier? Probably not. But if we can give you a little bit of time, perhaps you can do a better job for the customer, you get a longer relationship, maybe get better customers out of it as well. Well, t you know, time is still money, right? I'm sure uh, we'll bring back that AT slogan at some point, I'm sure. The Financial Times guides you through complex issues. In divisive times, don't settle for black and white. When you need the full perspective, turn to FT.com. Become a subscriber today. Search for FT subscription. Fintech innovation is changing the way we bank. And the speed we deploy new customer experiences is vital. Onboarding the right fintech partners can take months. Do you have time to lose? 
Introducing the Innovation Acceleration Platform from Temenos. Test fintech solutions at speed with real data straight from the core banking system. With a yearly subscription, you can begin testing the same day and create new customer experiences in no time. For more details, visit marketplace.temenos.com. It's, it's really interesting because sort of building off the back of, I, I guess, the, the platform that the Zero guys have put in place, you've got, you know, you're fixing real customer needs that actually interject with all of the, the data and the services that are being offered, which is, which is really, really good. And it, it kind of puts interesting pressure on, on you, Nile, with, with HSBC. Obviously, there's some really interesting innovations happening in this space. And, uh, you know, you guys are, are working really hard to kind of move that dial as well. So ha- how does this sort of pressure sort of move out in terms of the, the innovations? How, how does a big bank keep, keep market with customer need? Well, I think that, you know, the, the, the innovations that we're here today and, and the innovations generally in the market, um, I think are very positive. I think it's, you know, it's very good. It sort of, it keeps the, it keeps the sort of the, the larger part of the industry on its toes. Um, and, and so I think when we've, we've seen these innovations coming out the last few years and we're responding to them. So we are, you know, coming out with innovations of our own. Uh, we may look and adapt some of the ones that we see in the market and integrate it into our platforms. So, you know, we have obviously a very, um, high client touch. We have lots of bankers who, who, who look after their clients. But increasingly, we're putting platforms in place so that a lot of the work doesn't need to be done uh, by those bankers. And the bankers can actually work on, on the more you know, difficult end of the, of the transactions for the customers and, and maybe you know, the, the more solutions type of work for customer. Mm. And the platform can take away a lot of the lift. So very similar to some, some of the concepts here, we just got to make sure our client interfacing platforms are, you know, are really, really top-notch. And that's what we're working to do at the moment. Mm. I, think, I think that's a really interesting point. You know, there's so many sort of diatribes about artificial intelligence and machine learning and robotics and all these things like going to come and steal our jobs. But mo- most of them that we actually sort of see are going to be empowering human beings to have better connections with people. Well, that's right. I think a lot of people talk about the destruction of jobs um, from automation, from digitalization, from technology. But the reality is there's also an incredible number of jobs being created as well. Uh, in the industries that are sort of replacing some of the existing uh, industries. So I, I think that, that that is one side. The second side of it is the actual individual themselves. A lot of the mundane work that they do and they've had to do for their life, particularly for qualified people, a lot of that mundane work can be taken away by automation and by good platform. And I think that's probably you know, one of the things that's very relevant for the audience today. You know, an audience of, of, of principal accountants a lot of the work that has to be done by very qualified people is mundane. And if we can get better automation, a lot of that mundanity can be taken away and you, the people can actually focus on the solution needs of their clients. Yeah. Free up the time to have better relationships, essentially. Yeah. So it's, it's really interesting, I guess, with the sort of view of, uh, of friction. You know, one of the major frictions for any sort of small, small medium enterprise is uh, cash flow. Am I going to make the end of the month? Am I going to make the end of six months? You know, clearly you guys have, have kind of nailed that in terms of uh, access to credit. Um, but what other sort of problems do you see sort of small medium enterprises really, really having? Maybe I'll start. Sure. But, um, so I, I come to Fluidly, I'm an entrepreneur, and Fluidly is my second business. Um, and it's really built from the pain point that I know really intimately as an um, entrepreneur running your own business. And to your point exactly, I think when you're running a business, you always have lots of balls in the air. But one of those balls is actually a knife, and you can't, and that's finance. Because no matter how many things you need to juggle, it's the one thing you have to have your eye on the whole time. Otherwise, you know, there is no business. And the things that kept me up at night when running 
running a business is, you know, can I make payroll? Can I um, look at VAT? You know, what is my future going to be? And to your point on kind of automation, I think where you're seeing a lot of the art- applications of artificial intelligence today, they are coming around substitution, around automation, about helping um, you know, take away some of those tasks. But for me, the really interesting piece that I think is coming, and it's really our vision, it's not about substitution, but it's about enhancing capability. So it's about looking over the things that you know as an accountant or you know as a small business owner that you're vulnerable on. You know, you wish you could check every transaction. You you wish you had a second pair of eyes and ears looking at things. And really, it's that capability enhancement, I think, that we're really looking to build around cash flow. Um, And particularly, you know, not just robots, but kind of Robocop almost. It's a better version of you with extra capability. I'm not sure I'm quite up for Robocop just yet. (laughs) The movie doesn't end that well for various different people, does it? But uh, we we can probably (laughs) sort of go a little bit further into the future. But completely agree with that. I think it comes back to that, you know, we don't want to just digitize the way things have been done. You know, digital opens up up so much more capability to really rethink what these processes actually are and actually how people interact with them. And I think this is the, the real opportunity. How about you guys? Uh, I guess there's a you know, real swathe of uh, not only first-hand experience running, running businesses, but actually you know, the people you come into contact every day with your companies. Yeah. So what I'm seeing is actually a problem. The friction is mainly around discovery and accessibility. So if you go upstairs, there's a pay expo conference right now with over 100 different providers of new payments and cash flow solutions. Uh, here you see uh, other companies that allows you uh, from the accountant and user perspective to automate part of the business, save you time, money, and headspace. Uh, but most users are not even aware of those solutions, let alone able to access those. How many more services, how many more apps can I onboard in my headspace or manage? There's, there's a limit for that. And I believe that there's going to be an end game where there's going to be this new category, as Caroline said, of connected finance, a category where you'll be able to discover new financial services and products that will allow you to automate. If I want a loan, I can go and pay for something and a worker will push me and contextual message why don't you move this from the 20% APR credit card you got from the bank into a 10% APR product that we can provide you because we know your business good and this is our niche market. So discovery and accessibility to new products and services and the the friction around that, if we're able to solve that, it will allow us to move faster and automate things faster across many aspects of life, but especially in the business aspects where there's two hats we're wearing. Sure. Stuart, what do you think? How, what problems do you see uh, the uh, SMEs really facing today? Well, I think that, I mean, that's the key point for me, and I agree with, with what I've heard from everyone else here as well, but there's, there's a worrying trend that people hear these words of artificial intelligence, machine learning, and you know, for the last four years, probably big data has been one as well. <laughs> um, but buzzword bingo, right? I think ab- you just ticked off like the whole card. That was great. Absolutely, so. yeah. I mean, if you have a company that does those three, you're, you're in, aren't you? But it's the reality of turning that into something that's useful for small businesses because yeah. they, they have a different benchmark of what's useful. Mm. You know, something that means that they can get back to the kids before they go to bed, that's useful. Something that means that they don't worry about payroll next month, that's useful. They don't care how it's created or how it's formed or even the technology that sits behind it. So you've got to turn it into something that's real. So you know, the two, two ends of the example that I would give for, from what we're offering with our customers is one is the, the data that we gather during the life relationship that we have our customers means that we can also give them access to working capital, you know, we could, which they pay back daily. They can get a decision straight away to take money from the views that we have on their business. 
That's pretty straightforward. But actually, when we do that, what we didn't realize and what we do now realize is that they don't have that same view of their business. They don't have a sales forecasting tool that we do have. Yeah. And so there's value in that information for us to share it with them, not to sell it to them because it makes the relationship deeper and stronger. And then the mundane stuff that, that Niall was talking about is massively valuable. And there are a lot of people having been an accountant in a previous life and a banker. Mundane is a word I recognize very readily. And this stuff needs to be automated. Take it away. Get a machine to do it, for God's sake. It just needs to be filed in the done, in the done column and find the things that add value. So the fact you have to cash up the, the paper receipts, as, as we were hearing, bring together that information, work out what products you actually sold, that's not big technology. That's just simple sense. Bring a system in that does it and focus on the important things that a human needs to do, whether or not you need to talk to your accountant, not to get your numbers because they're written in a software package, but to ask them what would happen if I did that versus this. Those sorts of things, are, you know, we won't get artificial intelligence to, to solve that problem straight away, but focus on applying it to the mundane. Sounds good. Uh, common sense. It's not always common, right? So uh, how, you know, bringing about that capability is, is really, really critical. Colin, how about yourself? Obviously, from a, uh, you know, from a credit perspective, definitely, but there's yeah. huge amounts of problems that SMEs have. But from, from an iWalker perspective, the friction that we've seen in financial services for small businesses is around uh, complexity. So for a small business trying to deal or you know, have the resource to deal with the admin or uh, sifting the w their way through non-transparent terms or information about products to find exactly what's right for them and put it in place has been a huge source of friction and, and a barrier. And secondly, for, for um, uh, much of history, small businesses haven't faced the same uh, rich product range and service range that has been available to uh, larger, uh, larger businesses. Yeah. So frictionless finance for us is reducing those barriers, making it as simple and seamless for yeah. small businesses to uh, access these financial services in the wide range as, as, it, as it is for larger businesses. And mm. that's where we see companies like iWalker and other people on the panel, but also other innovative uh, fintech businesses making pro progress where they're reducing that friction. Yeah, I, th I think that's definitely a potential, isn't it? You know, digital really has the potential to bring about what corporate banking should be for SMEs. You know, bringing, bringing about that sort of, that personal sort of continual evaluation of your financial circumstances, the, the foresight of problems that might be coming down the line that you're not thinking of because you're, you're thinking about your business on a day-to-day -day basis. And that, that really should be the power of, of, of anybody. I guess, you know, we can't probably talk about frictionless banking without talking about open banking and PSD2. Uh, surely this is a real opportunity to dramatically remove friction from, you know, banking and running a business. Yeah, what I mean, it certainly is from an iWalker perspective. Uh, I guess, you know, following the theme of show of hands, uh, I'm guessing if I put a show of hands up for anyone that's been to a website where you've had the opportunity to log on using Facebook or LinkedIn or Google, I'm sure would everyone put their hands up and say they've seen the website where you can do that? So this is the, the concept of open banking. You know, banks are essentially giving third parties a window through which a small business can authorize a service like iWalker to take their data and use it. So imagine you want credit from iWalker or to use another one of the services and you have the option 
of logging in or applying using your bank account information. You know, a simple click and entering of a password, and they're authorizing a company like iWalker to make a credit decision based on all that data. And that's all happening in real time, super fast, instant decision. It's extremely powerful. And I think what, what, what is... Um, Uh, very interesting for small businesses and advisors and accountants is that these uh, legislations create transparency mm. and more choice and opportunity for small businesses to have uh, uh, reach into a range of, of products. And I think that's very, very important. Very cool. And what do you think? I mean, I think open banking um, sounds like one of those oxymorons, doesn't it? Like military intelligence. Um, <laughs> but uh, I think the, the, the beauty of open banking, um, is, as Colin said, it's really about data and it's about access to data. Um, and when you see what's happened, um, you know, you, everyone's familiar with sort of Tesco sending you, uh, you know, personalized orders um, based upon your purchase in the past. But the data around bank transactions has historically been kept in this little cave um, you know, owned by the banks. And really what open banking doing is putting the power of that data back into consumers' hands and back into um, small businesses' hands. And I think you'll see just a huge explosion then of really fascinating products um, built upon that data. Um, and I think people will start to um, offer their data in exchange for some of these services. And often they're going to be driven by um, increasing, increasing choice, increasing competition. Um, but I think just as we saw in... Um, in telecoms, you know, that the big telcos are now providing the infrastructure layer and the security layer, but it's the things like Netflix and WhatsApp, the things that have been built upon that infrastructure layer um, that has really opened up a whole new range of services. And, you know, open banking, um, for all its oxymoron, uh, has the opportunity to really um, unleash a whole new wave of services and competition. Hmm. I, I completely agree. I think that, that sort of bartering of benefits for data yeah. definitely is going to come off. You know, to your, to your point, you know, that, like I've used Facebook sign-in in pretty much every airport I've ever been to. So my data is everywhere, but I had the ability to use the Wi-Fi, which was great. So, uh, you know, I, th I think that that trade-off continually yeah. with these things in terms of uh, what people will allow them to do. And obviously with the regulation changing, you know, banks being, uh, you know, proactive in this space to do it. I think many people kind of um, are probably playing down the amount of work that's happening in banks to make these things happen as well. Because it's, it's actually as big an opportunity for the banking organizations actually as it is for the, the fintech players in this space. And I know you guys are doing some really interesting stuff in this. No. Yeah, I think the, it, the opportunity, I agree with the, all the comments. So this, this, is, this is bringing small pieces of data all together. So you can actually see all the data rather than pieces of the data. And I think from our perspective, You know, when we, if we can get more information, whether it's coming from other banks or maybe from some of the cloud accounting companies, we can make much better automated credit decisions. We can go completely faster cash and we can, we can do, you know, a lot, a lot more lending and a lot more intelligent automated lending based off that data. We can also amalgamate other banks. I mean, we launched our beta product uh, on the retail side of, uh, a week ago and that's amalgamating different banking apps. Um, I know it's not part of open banking per se, but with Xero, we've got our automated onboarding and feeds process, which I think was demoed uh, before, this, uh, before this session. Um, so I think the reality is, I completely agree, you can, you, can, you can take the view that it could create a problem for banking, but I think actually if, if the individual banks embrace it, 
um, and engage with it, I think they can also benefit as well as, as the, you know, the wider infrastructure around banking. Completely agree. Chasho, how are you guys thinking about open banking, PSD2? Is it you're, you're sort of licking your lips right there, or is this uh, a... No, it's, <laughs> a, it's, it's a fist and eye. So Curve started the, with a view of PSD2 ahead of PSD2. So three years ago, we knew PSD2 will come. We actually see PSD2 as part of a, a puzzle that comes in, including GDPR, the, the, glo- uh, the, the data privacy regulation coming into Europe. Um, that really gives two new innovative things that does not exist anywhere in the world. And it's one of the first times you see a regulator um, changing things rather than retrospectively, but um, in a more offensive way, if you'd like. Uh, So the one thing is indeed access to data and just all the banks that own relationship with their users need to open all their data to everyone else, which is everyone uh, said as well. But what it also allows us to do, it also allows us to initiate payment directly from the bank. So basically circumventing the networks that exist in Europe uh, today and allowing innovative solutions in the payment space and cash flow management. Uh, and if you collect that together with GDPR, uh, now there is ability to free movement of data on an opt-in mechanism for every user. So every time you make a transaction in Sainsbury, you were the driver of creating that transaction. Therefore, all the data that Sainsbury collects is yours. And if you opt into a mechanism, you can co- collect this data. So now there's going to be companies, we believe, that will be able to, with your permission, collect all this data. And as Caroline said, be able to provide you value on that. So exchange of data for insights for merchants in return of cashbacks and rewards at different points that you can earn. Ability to see a holistic view of all your spend and, and expenses in one place and automating everything around that. So this is something that has never, we've never seen anywhere in the world. Maybe it's not talking to you too much, but we are in the fintech space. Uh, really uh, can't wait to see, to, to see that coming out. And, and you see the banks... Uh, some of them proactively uh, doing things around that. So HBC just, I think, last week promoted the open banking API, start to aggregate data and provide you more visibility and insight. How do you spend? How we can save you money? It's not about showing you the data. It's about giving you insights, how you can change behavior such that you are more successful in life, whether it's business or uh, your personal life. And this is pretty exciting. Uh, we're just at the start of that, uh, but I'm looking forward to see what will happen in the next couple of years. Mm. It's going to be uh, it's going to be fun, um, Stu. What, what what do you guys think? Obviously, most of Visetel is built on APIs and integrations. So how how are you guys thinking about PSD two? Is this an opportunity for you guys? You, you can come at this from a number of angles. Uh, we haven't got enough time to cover the ones that I've got, but <laughs> I, I hear the comment about off. banks <laughs> proactively doing things around open banking, and I think that's a total load of tosh. To be honest, <laughs> they're doing it because the regulator told them they have to do it. There was no other option. Uh, by the time the regulator has finished forcing this happen, we get to a date in a year and a half where the British don't have to comply anyway <laughs> if they don't want to because of Brexit. But I, knew, I knew we'd get to talk about Brexit at some point. Well, was, I'll, was, I'll come away from Brexit It was Brexit bound to come up, wasn't it? Yeah. But I think it's an opportunity for this audience, actually, because yeah. you know, if you worry or concern yourselves about not knowing what PSD2 means, and let's have a few more acronyms, whether or not someone is a, an AISP or a PISP, So an AISP is a company that can take this data that's being opened up. PISP can actually go to a bank and make a payment request on behalf of the bank account holder and force it through. The bank just have to follow the instruction. That's going to be quite scary to a number of small businesses out there. They will not understand. They will not know. So as services come on board, they'll be looking for someone who can give them good advice as to whether this is a scam or whether this is something that gives them value. 
So you should do your homework on it, in my, in my opinion. I think for the fintech side, it's a massive opportunity. I think we have an opportunity to actually disintermediate banks even more from their customers. That's a commercial opportunity to do it. The relationship with the customer is around the user interface they have. And since you don't have the user interface with a branch as often as you used to, and digital services are taking a play that's much further forward in, in what you do on a day-to-day -day basis, you make that interface sweet, you make it user-friendly, then people will find that that's the way they want to do it. The fact that a back bank sits behind the data or the transaction will start to become less and less relevant. That's the opportunity that the fintechs are after. That's the opportunity that the banks need to step up and make sure they don't allow people to take it. And some of them are making better steps forward to do that than others and being proactive in that development. But the birth of the requirement was the regulator. It wasn't a great idea by a couple of banks. <laughs> well, there's, there's definitely been banks that have moved out and embraced APIs and open banking out there. So, you know, tar, big brush, you know, but, but I, th I think it's interesting to almost say, so given that context, the, and, and, you know, there's sort of, I'm sure Android users and Apple, uh, Apple phone users. So, you know, Android, Wild West, anybody can upload an app, anybody can do anything. Apple, a little bit more regulated, a little bit more controlled. So do you see, you know, particularly, I guess, in the, the space where we're looking at, uh, you know, for SMEs, the, the role for something like the zero marketplace actually changes, doesn't it? You know, the, the trust of having something in there that is actually, uh, you know, a, a trusted source that can come through. You know, that gives people the reassurance that actually you're exposing your data to something that is credible, right? Yeah, I mean, I think that it gives the marketplace a more important role. Those that manage it are going to have to be a little bit more um, sensitive to what they put in there and make sure that it's right, because by putting it in there, it comes with a, a degree of a stamp of approval. And, you know, we all have systems and software services and other services which... Really, you know, we all know they work. You know, we know that the service from iWalker is fantastic. If it fits what you need, you probably can't get it somewhere else as well either. And from iZettel, we think the same. But it doesn't change your life. It changes your business. But you sign off something which allows another company to initiate payments on behalf of a small business. They do it, and the small business didn't want it to happen. That kills it. It does. And that's going to do the same to the marketplace if it makes the wrong recommendation. So it becomes critical. Yeah, I agree. So you guys are you guys are clearly very good at talking about yourselves. Like you work out your business, you know your business really well. But there's like you know, I walked around the floor earlier on, and it it wasn't just the lovely people who gave me the pale L that I really like. But but there's there's a sort of a swathe of interesting services coming to the SME space. Um, you know, which which organisations are kind of exciting you out there in the the world who are you know doing interesting things to plug SME gaps? Uh, what do you guys think? You can first. Look. Yeah, for I'll go, go, sure. sure. I, I mean, it sounds. Um, I think the hosts here today. I think. I think. Uh, I think Zero, an exciting company. They, they, and, and that type of approach where the the accountancy platform, you know, the cloud accountancy platform, sun, suddenly becomes a, a platform of trust. Mm. And I think, from our perspective, to partner up with people like them and others is very exciting because we can give them data to help them uh, with their clients. They can give us data if the clients permission it. Um, and we can do some very exciting things. I mean, when we look at, we're talking at the moment about us giving data to, to the accountancy companies, but if we can have the data back or some data back permissions, we can create very, very exciting alerting models for the, for the accountants and also to their clients. So we can say, look, your client has a normal balance of 150,000 pounds. It suddenly dipped to 50,000. 
the working capital minimum that they set and the threshold is at 60,000, you know, we have a lending offer, we have, a, we have an overdraft facility. Mm. Um, and so, it, so we can actually start to see, not only react to problems that may be happening for your clients, but also we can almost anticipate them by setting thresholds in. And certainly for an accountant that has hundreds of clients, sometimes thousands of clients, even a small practice, this is very, very useful alerting. So you can be on top of issues that are happening with your clients if that data is permissioned back to us. So we're very excited about not just being able to give help, help our partners with the data, but also to be able to receive it back, analyze it, and then send it back so that you can interpret it in a thoughtful way. Mm. Yeah, data is completely critical to all of this, isn't it? Uh, Colin. For me, this is a very interesting question to be asked in this forum, you know, a zero forum where zero has a marketplace of 500 odd apps. Because in my experience, that your biggest indicator of what's exciting and really innovative and doing stuff is where you have a marketplace like that and things rise to the top. So you can already, I'm, I'm sure everyone in, in, in the room here that's, uh, you know, zero accountant, uh, you know, if you browse the marketplace, uh, uh, um, things will rise to the top. Some that are, have got stands here, very, you know, larger, more well-known uh, apps like um, Receipt Bank and Expensify and, and Futurely but there will be a wave of uh, new ones to come. So I, I think what's going to be interesting is, is uh, businesses that have already done, uh, say, a good job in, say, the consumer space that are moving into business. So, for example, Revolut has done a fantastic job in the consumer space mm. and is only just starting to get into, in, into serving small businesses. Mm. I'm very interested to see if they can have the same impact on foreign exchange mm in the small business world that they've had in, in consumer. Uh, I'm interested in uh, businesses like Tide, that uh, um, actually as a, a full disclosure, iWalker is entering into a partnership with Tide because they have a similar philosophy, trying to break down the same sort of barriers for a small business. Mm -hmm. So, you know, they're trying to do what we're doing for lending to small business uh, uh, banking in terms of current account transactions. So. <clears throat> Very uh, simple, quick uh, yeah. sign up, you know, get your uh, accountant sort code within minutes, etc. So I think there's a few examples that are already in the marketplace that everyone in the room here can actually judge pretty easily for themselves looking at a marketplace that's curated by a trusted company like Zero and seeing what's rising to the top. Mm. It's a bit more difficult to see what, what's coming next, but I would say... Uh, ones that are already doing a good job, say, in the consumer space and uh, trying to get into uh, a small business will stand a pretty good chance of doing well there as well. Yeah, I, I completely agree with that. And I think actually we're seeing more and more people come into this space. You know, I think even today we saw uh, Megan Kaywood at Starling Bank announce that they're going to be coming into the SME space as well. So, you know, the, the level of disruption that we're seeing in SMEs is is huge. So, um, Carolyn, what do you what do you think? Is there a, is there some sort of silver bullet that's going to come out here and solve all the problems or is oh, it more slice by slice? If only. Uh, OK, so my two favorite apps um, that I like for running my business uh, outside of finance, actually. Um, the first, are I really like the uh, applications that help you run the HR side of things. Mm. Uh, so you see a whole wealth now of digitized services, uh, one of my favorite of which is Charlie HR, uh, which is just an easy service for small 
small business to manage um, you know, their assets within the business. And I think when you're thinking as a business owner, um, where are your favorites? What, what things do you need to record? There are kind of three core systems of record that you need to have in place. Um, one of them is around CRM. It's a system that records your sales assets. The next is the thing that records your financial assets, your accounting package. And the third is the one that records your people assets. And I think you've got a whole load now of sort of HRM systems coming up into place. And I found that hugely useful. Mm. Um, so the second kind of area for me uh, in terms of you know, what I actually find is actually something that helps my personal life. So I think as a business owner, um, you really have that overlap between you know, what goes on in your business life and what goes on in your personal life. And for me personally, I'm a great list maker. I love a list. Uh, I love I have lists for everything, Christmas card lists, you know, birthday lists, uh, they're all on my iPhone. Uh, so one of my favorite apps for productivity actually is Evernote and just the ability to have those lists everywhere, easy to make uh, and always retrievable. So I think sometimes the, the things that are most valuable to business are things that cross over to them as consumers and, and as individuals, but also in the business life. Yeah, I, I, lo- I love that. You know, the three systems of record, the, yeah. you know, the, the, the customers, your... Uh, your finances and your your employees. You know, it's like all of the assets that you have as yeah. a company. Yeah, and isn't of course, it? what we're doing is fluidly is building a system of intelligence that sits across the data mm. in those assets and uses that for your finances. Yeah, big big fan of Charlie HR as well. It's yeah. a great great platform. Stuart, what do you what do you think? Well, I think we've heard a few of the good ideas out there. In fact, what I refer back to is having only spent a full five minutes in the auditorium before uh, in the hall before I came in here was that it's great to hear the people in the audience, when they come up to the stand, they're not asking what's in it for them. They're saying, some of my clients want this or need that. And I think that's a great position to have. Mm. And I think that the interface which is missing, we're going to see some of these things come out and fill that gap, is where those clients don't know what they want or what they need. Um, And actually, for no sake of a a local plug, I mean, something such as Fluidly is exactly that model. And you'll have a customer come to their accountant and say, yeah, I need to get a loan, or can we get a bank account that's more flexible? But they don't ask for a solution or a system that helps them with cash flow. They actually turn to the accountant. Mm. And generally, the regular, regular uh, contact with the accountant isn't swift enough or common quickly enough to solve an issue that will kill your business. The only thing that will kill your business more quickly than not making sales is the cash flow. Yeah. So there are a few of these platforms which are currently just totally unserved, a bit like the eyes world. That's where we started. We wanted to go to an unserved market. That's the exciting space for me, and uh, you know, I'm going to be watching fluidly quite closely. Very nice. It's turning into a love-in. It's lovely. This, it you guys be, yeah, are getting on absolutely. really well. I, it's great. <laughs> it's lovely to have a panel who likes each other. It's nice. But um, So I, I guess like crystal ball time. Let's maybe finish with this one. A bit of a far out there aspirational vision of the, like not the Robocop dystopian <laughs> future, death and destruction, robots have taken over the world type scenario. But where do you guys think we're going to be in 10 years? Like, where, where, what do you think? Like 10 years from now, yeah. what is... SME banking really going to be looking like? Sorry to put you on the spot, Eddie. Yeah, so I, I truly think that it's going, eventually there will be a singular interface where uh, we will manage all our finances and the, there is a huge overlap between business and personal. And we see that in, in terms of the iPhones have first started as a personal usage and gathered more services. Now everyone in the business uses them. So the experience that we are expecting right now is that I have one app for all my music, Spotify, one app for all my TV, Netflix, one app for all my transportation worldwide, similar service, similar uh, prices, Uber, 
something similar would happen within this space. We would converge our entire financial services into one, one place. Zero in the accounting is, is, is a good starting point to see that. You have one interface and multiple services around that. It will go uh, down to the mobile, well, as long as mobile will continue, and it will be both personal and business. Yeah. I can definitely see that convergence being a, a, a trend across that. Now, what do you think? Ten years out from now, what's, uh, what's business banking going to look like? Business banking, I think, um, I think it'll be very platform-based. I think there'll be a, probably a small number of winning platforms. I think those winning platforms will curate the, the winning apps. And so I think there's going to be quite a Darwinian process in, in, that, in that period. And I think people will gravitate to you know, winning models you know, look at the iPhone. Um, and I think that a lot of the mundanity will be automated away. Mm -hmm. um, and I think the, the relationship that um, the accountants will have with their clients in the future will be much more of a solutions advisory relationship and much less of a, proce a procedural relationship. Sounds good. So we're, we're going into uh, sort of uh, sci-fi references all the way through this, which, which is really, really great. But none of them are too, too scary, which is fantastic. So uh, we're out of time. So uh, thank you very much to the panel. If you give them a round of applause, please. And that's us. Thank you very much, everybody. So that wraps up the panel and episode number one from ZeroCon. Thanks to all of the guests and, of course, to the ZeroCon team for having us as well. Stay tuned for more FinTech Insider Insights coming to you very, very soon. Thanks for listening. Goodbye. Goodbye.